0: good morning morning. a very warm welcome to our service of worship and may you know god's loving presence with you our call to worship comes this sunday from the doxology in romans chapter 11. all the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of god how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing who has known the mind of the Lord, and who has been his counselor, who has ever given to God, that God should repay them. For to him, for from him, and through him, and for him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. So let's worship God, and you're welcome to stand as we sing together our first hymn, Uh, Mission Praise number 1040. Come, now is the time to worship.
1: Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give. Just as you are to worship Come Just as you are before
0: Come to God in prayer. Let's pray together. Almighty and everlasting God, we thank you for this time when we may come together to worship you. We come to praise you this day for your greatness and goodness, for your greatness in creating the heavens and the earth which display your glory and your goodness in giving your son to be our savior, to die for our sins, to overcome death, and to win the victory over the powers of evil. We thank you that through faith in Jesus, our Lord, we may come into your presence, that we may receive the forgiveness of our sins and the gift of life forever by your spirit. Loving Lord, we ask that you would forgive us for all the ways that we have sinned in thought and word and deed, and ask that you would cleanse us by your most Holy Spirit and strengthen us to live our lives for your glory. Renew us in hope and joy this day, and help us to worship you and to receive from your word to us. That we may live to serve you and bring your love to others for we pray this all through Jesus Christ our Lord who taught us to pray saying our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, um, today I've brought uh, something with me today. It's a uh, which um, is uh, something very relevant for us all. Um, it's a model of the world. It's such an inflatable model of the world. And uh, I wonder if you can guess why I brought this today. Maybe a few thoughts there. Well, um, this this month we're going to be thinking in particular uh, about the world that God gave us and also that God has has called us all to look after his world. And um, you, you probably know that there's going to be a big conference here uh, in Glasgow next month called COP26. And uh, that's a very important conference because it's, uh, it's all about um, how we can care for the world. People are coming together to discuss that. And in the Bible. Uh, back in Genesis, in the first chapter of Genesis, we find that God made this world for us, um, but he also gave us the responsibility to look after the world. Um, the first uh, people, Adam and Eve, uh, God said to them to look after all the, um, the animals and the fish and uh, the birds, and to look after everything in the, on the land and in the seas. And so um, God gave us uh, the world in a, in a beautiful state, and uh, um, he called for us to look after it, but sadly, as we, as we know, um, we haven't looked after it um, very well in many ways, and so we are having this conference next month uh, where leaders from all over the world are coming together to think about how we can help to uh, make things right or make things better for people throughout the world. So very important conference, and um, but what can we do about it? Well, there's a couple of things at least we can we can do. Um, first of all, we can pray. We can pray for all the leaders of the countries that come together, and also all the other people that are coming. Um, we can pray for wisdom and for courage that they will make decisions that will be good for for everyone, and not just some people. And uh, we can also do our own bits, and um, I'm sure you've got ideas of how you can um, help the world by uh, things you do, but uh, just a couple of things that uh, maybe you've thought of already is just you know, makes, making sure that we, we don't waste things, we, we recycle things as much as possible, whether it's, it's uh, cardboard or glass or whatever it is. We just try and recycle as much as possible, and don't don't use more than we need. And also, you know, that that uh, just um, we we there's there's other ways, I suppose, that we can we can look after things. Um, you know, saving energy um, by turning things off that we maybe don't need to keep on all the time. Um, these are just a few ideas, and uh, maybe you've got other thoughts on how to to really just do your bit, or our own bit, to help uh, look after our planet. So, so we're, going to, um, we're going to just uh, pray now and uh, just to bring it all to God. And in the next few weeks, we'll be thinking about different aspects of looking after God's world and looking after each other and the animals and the birds and the, uh, the plants and the fish and everything as well. So let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for the wonderful world that you have made for us and we are sorry that we have not looked after it as we should. Help us to do what we can to help care for our world better and we pray that you will help us and all those who attend the conference next month to have wisdom and courage in taking decisions that will be good for the whole world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to have our next hymn now and you're welcome to stand as we sing uh, all people that on earth do dwell. All
2: people that we be
3: Our reading this morning is from the Old Testament, Daniel chapter 3, starting at verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide, and set it on the plain of Jura in the province of Babylon. He then summoned satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors treasurers, judges, magistrates and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up and they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, Nations and peoples of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, the harp, pipe and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, the flute, zither, lyre, the harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and people of every language fell down. And they worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, Some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. Your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, the lyre, harp, pipe and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace but there are some jews who, whom you have set over the affairs of the province of babylon shadrach meshach and abednego who pay no attention to you your majesty they neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up furious with rage Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the image of gold I have set up? Now when you hear the sound of the horns, the flute, the zither, the lyre, harp, pipe and all kinds of music if you are ready to fall down and worship the image i made very good but if you do not worship it you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace then what god then what god will be able to rescue you from my hand shadrach meshach and abednego replied to him king nebuchadnezzar Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace to be heated seven times hotter than usual and commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans and other clothes, were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leapt to his feet in amazement and asked his advisers, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, Certainly, your Majesty. He said, Look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego came out of the fire and the satraps, prefects, the governors and royal advisers crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their Bodies, nor was a hair of their heads singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Amen. Let's praise the Lord now by singing our next hymn, Mission Praise 1087. Lord, I come before your throne of grace.
0: Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you are so faithful to us in our lives. We thank you that you give us um, what we need each day and we can come to you and know your presence through every trial, every storm. And Lord, we ask that as we come to your words now that you would make it clear to us that you would... Uh, help us to understand uh, what you want to say to us. We pray that by your Holy Spirit you would open our hearts and our minds uh, to listen to your voice speaking to us. So Lord, we ask now that you would help us to rest in your presence, to lay down any burdens we've been carrying, knowing that you care for us and hear now your words of life for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well last week we were thinking about the importance of staying connected to Jesus and being rooted and established in the love of God. And part of the importance of staying connected to Jesus and being rooted and established in God's love is that we grow in our trust in how great and how good God is. We start to understand deep within that nothing in life can overcome the everlasting love of God our Heavenly Father through Jesus and in that knowledge deep within our hearts and minds we receive the strength that we need to stand firm in every trial and rest secure through every storm but being rooted in the love of God isn't only to help us through our troubles important as that is It's also about encountering the love of God for a lost and broken world. It's about connecting with our Savior, whose mission wasn't only to bring us comfort beyond understanding, but to fire us up with his passion for the lost. Jesus said, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And Jesus also said, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Jesus was utterly committed to dying in our place on the cross because he knew that was the only way for us to be forgiven for all the sin in our lives that separates us from the presence of a completely holy God. And by his death and resurrection, our Lord Jesus also won the victory over the power of sin, and death, and the devil. As First John chapter three verse eight says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. So through Jesus, we have a Savior who is able to heal the brokenhearted, to set free those who are bound in their own prisons of addiction and sin and restore those who have suffered loss. It was for the deep joy of knowing how many lives would be saved as a result of his sacrifice, we're told that that was the reason our Lord died on the cross. He stayed the course. He went through all that suffering for us to die for the sins of the world because of the joy of knowing how many people would be come into new life would be coming into new life our lord is also inviting us today to be those who not only connect with him for for his comfort which um, is all about knowing we're loved by god and is very important for us but also that we connect with his passionate desire for the lost that we um, connect with his desire that we also are those who share with this world, that we share the message of good news to a lost and dying world. Because part of who we are made to be as Jesus' followers are lights to shine brightly for others to see God's love. And so, just as a light is meant to shine in the darkness, we are meant to stand out from the crowd. Standing out from the crowd, however, isn't usually the easy option, and that's what our story of Daniel chapter 3 shows us in a most dramatic way. One of the most striking aspects of this story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the fiery furnace is the way that they stood firm in their faith when facing the most dire threat to their lives. And many people do face dire threats to their lives for their faith in our world today. While we may have faced some form of opposition in our lives for being Jesus followers, it's unlikely to have been anything remotely like the danger these men faced for their faith in God. Marked by their Jewish faith for not following the local gods of Babylon they now faced an even greater challenge to their loyalty to God. A very large statue, and it, uh, it says, uh, it actually converts the, the Bible notes, that it says that it's 27 meters high, which is pretty huge. Um, this huge statue of the image of the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, was put out, and everyone was supposed to fall down and worship this image whenever music was played on pain of death. And it wasn't just any kind of death, it was death by fire in a fiery furnace. In other words, it couldn't have been more intimidating than that. But what we find is that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego don't give in to the pressure to conform. They decide not to worship any god but the Lord God Almighty. And that lands them in trouble because there are others who are only too eager to tell on them and bring them to the king's attention. And so they're brought before the king who is furious that's, that anyone has dared to stand against his command. And he's furious, they've disobeyed him, and, but he does give them one more chance to um, submit to him and worship his image. But this is their response to the king. Well, what an amazingly brave thing to say and to do. What an amazing faith they have. And they know God so well that um, they realize that he is powerful enough to deliver them. Even from this danger of being burned in a fiery furnace, but their faith is, is, goes beyond that. Even if God does not do that, they still want to obey him rather than following the king's command, which is completely contrary to God's law. This is real faith under pressure. But as a result of taking a stand for their faith, the king has the furnace heated even more before they're tied up and thrown into the flames. But then something miraculous happens. They don't die. In fact, the king sees them and someone else walking around with them in the very heart of the furnace. The king can't believe what he's seeing and exclaims, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Now, we're, we're not told exactly who the fourth man is, whether or not it's actually God's son. Um, that's what some theologians believe is uh, uh, what they call a pre-incarnate uh, appearance, uh, an appearance of the, our Lord before he came into the world in Bethlehem. But whatever, whoever this person is, that God is certainly present with these three men in a very real sense to save them from harm. And of course, this completely changes the king's view of them and of the situation. After calling them out of the furnace and seeing there's no harm, and even uh, they don't even smell of fire, that's an amazing miracle in itself, he praises their gods. He praises the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he says that no one in his kingdom should say anything against their God, the most high God. But the most telling part of this declaration he makes comes right at the end. The king says at the end of verse 29, for no other God can save in this way. Well, earlier, uh, the three men had their, declared their faith in God that he could, if he wanted to, save them from the fiery furnace And now the king had actually witnessed firsthand the power of God to save them, to save them in this case from the fiery furnace. And so he could say, having seen with his own eyes, no other God can save in this way. This is a real challenge to our faith because I wonder how much we really believe this about our Lord. Are we really convinced that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that he is almighty to save, and indeed able to save people from even the darkest situations and the most troubling of circumstances. Part of the developing of our faith comes from the steady, day-by-day growth that's comes from being connected and staying connected to our Lord through things like reading His Word and praying and meeting up together. But it also um, comes when we take those steps of faith that challenge us to rely on God to come through. That situations where we ha- really have to believe that God is going to show up. We can't just do it by ourselves. Now, it can happen in in ordinary, what we might call ordinary and extraordinary ways, but um, sometimes we we just don't recognize it. But things happen, like when we feel led to share something of God's love with another person. It might be something we say or something we do. And when we follow through with that and uh, we see the the way that um, our action has really impacted that person, it can really build our faith because. Actually, if we consider God wants to speak to us in our, in our daily lives and to prompt us to do things like that, and so that can build our faith that we're, we're listening and connecting to God. It's also helpful for us to share our experiences of God working in our lives. And I know that we've, we've all got stories we can share, all times where something has happened, And that's something we we often call testimony has the powerful effect of raising the faith on those who hear what God is doing in that other person's life. Just as King Nebuchadnezzar, when he saw the power of God in action, he came to praise God. And so sharing the stories of God working in both ordinary and extraordinary ways will help us to grow in our own faith in God. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said that we're to be like lights shining on a stand, not hidden away somewhere, and also to be like salt, bringing flavor, the flavor of heaven, to others. And when we live like that, it will draw others to know and to praise God. But Jesus also said there was a cost for standing out from the crowd, but that the cost is worth it because of the eternal rewards he promises. If we think about it, when we reach out to a lost world and someone comes to know God, then that has eternal consequences, eternal rewards. When we do something, it changes something in our family, or in our community, that has an impact that we, we don't know all that has but there are eternal rewards for all these things that when we obey God when we share his light when we bring the flavor of God into the places we are but there is a cost but Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 from verse 11 blessed are you when people insult you persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you you are the salt of the earth but if the salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot you are the light of the world a town built on a hill cannot be hidden Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Our Lord invites us to be those who are so connected and rooted in his love and his passion for the lost, that we will always be ready to share the good news of our mighty Savior, who is able to save completely. It might not be easy to stand out from the crowd, but our Lord promises to be with us always, and to give us what we need at just the right time thanks be to God, our mighty Savior. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord God, our heavenly Father, we thank you for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who came from the glory of heaven to enter into the darkness of our world, bringing his light and life and opening the way for us to come by faith into your family forever. Gracious and merciful God, we are conscious that so many are in need of the light of your love in their lives to discover the joy and peace of Christ who gives hope to all who call on him. Revive your church, we pray, with the renewing power of your Holy Spirit that we might shine brightly for you and reach out with the love of Christ to all who are seeking life in its fullness. In this time of harvest, we pray that you would use us and all our gifts to extend your kingdom of light in the lives of those around us and in our, your world. God, our healer and comforter, we pray now for all those known to us, who are in need of your touch in their lives. For those who are sick, we pray for your healing. For those who are grieving, we pray for your comfort. For those who are struggling to have enough, we pray for your provision. And for all who find themselves in difficulty, we pray for your protection and guidance and the peace of your presence. Eternal God, we thank you for your everlasting care for all your children, and we thank you for your care for all who have died in the faith, including those dear to us and those who have shared their faith with us. Help us to be faithful in all our lives until the day when we shall rejoice with all your saints in glory and join with your angels in heaven, in the perfect worship of your name. For you are worthy of all our praise and thanksgiving, both now and forevermore, through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. We come now to our closing hymn, and it's In Christ Alone, Mission Praise number 1072. And you're welcome to stand for the hymn
4: In Christ alone. the power. Oh.
0: Now may the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the peace of God which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Jesus our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you this day and remain with you always. Amen.